Welcome to Library Life, the podcast where we talk about all things library and some things not. My name is Jenna. And my name is Sheena. And this week we're talking about professionalism. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I hope you guys are having a nice summer so far. Yes. We are mid-July. It's been a couple hot days here. So, this is kind of a topic that has been arising in, like, some of our conversations Mm -hmm. over the past year or so, Uh, especially since we've been in COVID times where things have kind of gotten more relaxed when the library's been closed to customers and only open for curbside. Uh, So, the topic of professionalism... It's just been something we've been sort of casually discussing, and we thought, oh, I think it's time to do an episode on this. Yeah, definitely with COVID, it's changed how a lot of workplaces, like, view, like, maybe dress codes and, like, what it actually means to be a business, or what what does business casual mean kind of thing. Yeah, it's really the question is, is professionalism dead? Yeah. Or the typical idea of professionalism what is professionalism? Does that even still matter? I think that's a huge conversation going on right now as workplaces redefine themselves, mm-hmm. and especially in the library. Yes. So we wanted to tackle that topic in today's episode and just kind of hash out some of our ideas. I know for myself, I don't really have firm, firm thoughts, so I'm interested to kind of see what comes out as we yeah. discuss it. Because we purposely haven't been discussing, because <laughs> we want to say it for the podcast. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what what our thoughts are about the end of this episode. So the way we're going to do it is kind of split it into two pieces. We spent a lot of time thinking about professionalism because we when you say that word, I think everyone has something that comes to mind. Yes. But we were trying to think about, okay, how do we actually break that down and talk about it? And the two ways we are going to go into the topic is, I think, through clothing and behavior. Yeah. I think to me, like, those encompass the mm-hmm. aspects of professionalism that people are judging you on. Right? Would you say that? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and a lot of stuff falls into those two. Yeah, rightly or wrongly. Yes. Those yeah. are kind of the two things that people will identify. Isn't they're like, you're not being professional. Yes. Or how many times have you said, that's just so unprofessional for them to do that. Mm-hmm. So to begin, let's just discuss a little bit here on what the word professional even means. So I looked up a definition, classic high school <laughs> essay style. Yep. <laughs> And the definition is this, the competence or skill expected of a professional. So let me say it one more time. The competence or skill expected of a professional. So it's kind of like not helpful at all. No, super vague. (laughs) But I think it has to do with the part that is interesting to me that it hits on is expectations. Yes. What's expected of that profession. And I Mm -hmm. think there's many, many, many expectations expected of librarians or people who work in the library. Yes. Um, I think a lot of those are, like, stereotypical stuff that people think of who aren't involved in the library world. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of like the matronly lady. Yeah. With the glasses and quiet and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. I think that we're kind of in this time where, and I feel like COVID has really pushed this forward, is the idea that we're still, like, trapped in the past over, like, 20, 30 years ago, what the ideal of professionalism Mm -hmm. was... And then we're kind of pushing up against what this new, potentially, like, yeah, like, post-COVID world will look like. Yeah, totally. And it's kind of pushing back against those expectations. Yeah. 
that being said, I think we all have standards and mm-hmm. of what we think is professional. So let's start with the appearance ones. Okay. So the big thing that has happened in both of our library systems is the transition from a business casual dress code to casual. Yes. And what happened there was that, at least in my library, I can't speak for how you handle, how your work did at Shana, but it was like, okay, when the library was closed, it was like, yay, we're doing casual dress code, which made sense. There's no customers there and a lot more, you know, doing maintenance of collections and stuff that's a lot more physical, right? Yeah. And then it was just kind of like, as the building reopened, it's like, oh, we're going to keep the casual dress code. But how did yours transition into it? Very similar. It was definitely like... Was it during COVID or before COVID? Okay, so like my work had a system where we had like a casual day once a week. Yeah, we had that you would like, you know, you would pay your, I think it was like... A dollar or something. It was for charity. Two dollars, maybe. Or you could pay, like, yearly. And then, uh, like, a year before COVID hit, my work decided that they would give us more stickers and we could potentially have your casual day whenever you wanted as long as you had a sticker that said that you were... Oh, okay. For it. Okay. So it was no longer, I think our casual day was like a Thursday. So you could just be like, I have enough stickers that I could just every shift be casual. And as long as you had that sticker, then you were good to go. But then COVID hit and similar where it was like, well, you know, now that we're not, there's no customers in the building, we're moving to more casual dress code. Right. Because the whole idea was that you would like buy the stickers and then yeah. the money would go to the charity. Yeah. You like you paid for your right to be wear casual. Yeah. Because I think that like the stickers didn't say like I dress casual yes. for like United Way or whatever the charity was. Yes, exactly. And it was like I you know I've ever seen people wear them on the arms. We did that too before we yeah. went all casual. But you know the interesting thing about the casual dress code is that I noticed at my library most people still just wear the same stuff they always wore. Like the same business mm-hmm. casual some people wear jeans, and it's funny, it's, I notice it's the newer people who, who wear the jeans. Yeah. But people who've been there a long time, like myself included, we just wear what we've always worn. But what do you yeah. find? I think it depends on the person. There's definitely a lot of, like, jean wearing that is happening. But I don't know. I feel like a lot of people have, like, work clothes in their closet. Yeah. And it was like, well, we're going to wear them. Like, I know that the both of us hardly ever dress casual, even outside of... I guess it depends work. on what your definition of casual is. I think in the uh, workplace, casual was always meant jeans, really. Yeah. Jeans was kind of like the line. Mm-hmm. And if you're wearing jeans, that's like casual, right? Yeah. But I don't know. It's interesting. Like, how do you... Like, do you wear jeans to work now? It's casual? Sometimes. Interesting. Do you? Um, I don't think I ever wore jeans to work. I think it's different because, like... I work full-time and you don't. That is true. So, like, I go to work every day and versus you. You have like, to have an to outfit every day. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never worn jeans to work. I think I think I just kind of, in my head, I'm like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so I just never have. And also, I have a lot of other clothes that aren't mm-hmm. jeans. Like, I only have a couple pairs of jeans. Yeah, same. I just think that because before, like, I paid into the casual can't stick our campaign or whatever they called it yeah um so i was like used to like sometimes wearing jeans right but like i'm trying to think about like my coworkers in my department and i honestly think that i don't think anyone really changed drastically 
like their wardrobe right. choices. Like right. I think besides the fact that a lot more people are wearing jeans, but how do you feel about the shift to casual? I have mixed feelings about the casual dress code <laughs> because here's the thing. I think you can make a pair of jeans look nice. Yes. And I think everybody I work with makes them look nice. Like mm-hmm. they have jeans and a blouse or jeans and a, a, a sweat. That's a blouse, yeah. a button up. I, know. But if you're, <laughs> I guess if you're a man and you're wearing like. Oh yeah, I guess, <laughs> I guess you don't, I don't, they don't call it blouses. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, where it looks, it looks nice though. What I'm saying is it's not like. Like, when I wear jeans at home to do a project or, like, to run yeah. out to the store or something, it's like jeans and a t-shirt. Like, it looks, mm-hmm. it's okay, but it's kind of grubby looking, you know? Like, very basic. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the people that I see at work wearing the jeans are doing it, in my opinion, correctly. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, they look nice and it looks put together. Yeah. You know? Whereas, what do you think? How? What have you, what have you seen from the jean wearing? I feel like some of my coworkers have taken the casualness and run with it. Yeah, that's why. I, like, um, that's really what I want to talk about here. Like, I am noticing that more and more people are wearing like graphic tees with their jeans, and it's not so much like like you were saying. Like, because typically, I when you said like, oh, they make a pair of jeans look nice, I'm picturing like a dark wash with like a blouse or, or a something. <laughs> yeah, or a sweater or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel like there's more people at my work that are like. Here's my, like, band t-shirt or my, like, you know, like, fun fandom shirt or Interesting. Interesting. I just feel like, I think it depends because I think with my work that it's different because since everybody kind of dresses, like, the higher end of casual or they dress Mm. business casual or they dress just, like, nicer than business casual, I think that's, like, the culture. Yeah. So even the people who wear jeans, they don't see anybody really wearing the band shirt or... The graphic tee, other than, like, the shelvers, which have always yeah. kind of had their own dress code. And, um, yeah, I don't really see that. Like, I know what you're talking about, because sometimes I pick you up from work and I see people coming out, and I'm like, everyone should wear what makes them feel good. But sometimes I'm like, is that a customer or an employee? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that becomes the issue. Is like, Or, like, when they're wearing, like, the ripped jeans or whatever. Yeah. So the thing is that I feel like we're kind of getting down to is... Um, How casual is too casual? Yes, and also, like, when you walk into a library, like, is the clothing that the staff wearing a barrier or not? Because sometimes people say that, like, could be intimidated by someone who's dressed more fancy or, like... Yeah. Versus someone who is, like, wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Interesting. Like, that's kind of, like, I see, like, the issue being discussed on, like, that front is that people can be, like, or feel like they don't belong or they're not as... Well, welcomed if they're seeing people like but then on the flip side of that is that people are like no we should be recognizable as staff and like yeah and that the because i think the older way of seeing things is like the way you're dressed as a business casual or even more fancy than that it imparts that you like have the authority and that you have yeah. like mm-hmm. knowledge and yeah interesting well because i think the, like, in my knee-jerk reaction is that, like, ripped jeans and a graphic tee is not professional. No. And I'm willing, I'm willing to be convinced otherwise. However, I think that if we go back to, like, you can make an argument in your way. And that's why I said, like, I'm, I'm not 100% on that. <laughs> like, I could be convinced otherwise. But yeah. I really feel like it shows a certain amount of respect when it's, like, 
I put a little bit of effort into what I'm wearing. And I'm not saying that you need to wear fancy clothes or yeah. whatever. But, like, I think looking neat, it should be the standard. Mm-hmm. And I think that means, like, you don't wear things that are ripped. You don't wear things that you would go paint a dresser in in the driveway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I have clothes that I wear to do projects around the house that I would never wear to work. Mm-hmm. Because I think that when it looks like you just rolled out of bed or rolled, especially when people wear like pajamas, like that's a yeah. uh, immediate no for me. <laughs> it's the pajamas. No, definitely not at work. Yeah. I think it communicates to people that it's like, oh, I couldn't be bothered to at least put on something neat. Yeah. For you. I don't know. But like, like I see the other side that you were saying, like people can feel more at home at it with more like, like at home because they see people who look like them. Yeah. It's like hard because like, I'm inclined to agree with you, but I feel like, like, for me, it's just, like, I always dress business casual and even more fancy. Yeah. Um, and I'm, like, just, like, used to being, like, a little bit more dressed up than some of my coworkers. Yeah. And it's, like, that's just my natural inclination to dress that way. That's my style, and that's what I like. And, like, I am trying hard to, like, not judge people too harshly on, like, what they wear. Yeah. Like, but you don't I don't want to do... be, like, judging people all the time. <laughs> but, like, I have, like, an opinion that's separate yeah. from, like, individuals. Just, like, my opinion on that topic in general. Yes. I agree. I think that the way you dress um, presents an, an image or an impression on people. Yeah. And I take it to be, like, I am dressed like this. And then it imparts the fact that, like... I have the authority, I have the knowledge, I am professional, if you will. I take myself seriously. Yes. And I think it's like, whether we like it or not, people are going to judge you by how you look. Yes. Like, and I think I have major issues with that, like on lots of different levels, because I think that plays into like, you know, racism, obviously. Yeah. And I think it plays into, like... Sexism. Sexism and, like, the body stuff. Like, whether you're skinny or fat or whatever. But clothes is kind of the thing we can control. Yes. Right? And so I think it's something that we should think about. Is, like, what do we want to... we What do we want to show people by how we're dressed? And maybe you want to show people that you're casual and you're approachable. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. But, like, my thing is, like, let's just think about it. Like, I would want everyone to think about it, you know? Yeah. And I think it's tricky. And the what I think we're also coming, dancing around is the fact that, like, both of our works have not laid out a super strict dress code. Like, yeah. Like, casual dress code. Where yeah. it's, like, it's not like we're in high school where it's, like, you can't wear, like, spaghetti straps. Yeah. Or you can't wear, like, you know, like, your shorts must, must be, like... As long as <laughs> your fingertips. fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I feel like that is really intense that the work does not want to do that. It's just, like, I just think it's funny because, like, no one really knows what business casual or what casual actually I feel like everyone just like. thought, okay, business casual means no jeans. Yeah. And anything else you can kind of get away with. But the thing is, it's like, I have been wearing, like, a jean skirt for years. Yeah, but it's a skirt. that so is jeans. I know, but it <laughs> seems more fancy because it's a skirt. Yeah. Okay, let me tell you the story, though, of how I came into how I dress. Because yeah. I dress very similar like to work I wear a skirt or a dress mm-hmm. quite often and I have some like trousers that I wear too it's summer so I've been wearing a lot of like cropped pants but that's kind of my my rotation I would definitely say I'm like the more fancy side not as fancy as some well I'm pretty fancy <laughs> not as fancy as my boss but I'm like you know I dress pretty fancy and that's fine but the reason why I started doing that is I actually started when I worked uh at the school board 
before I started working in, in information services, like when I was still a shelver. I was really young. Uh, I had just graduated high school and I was working in the IT department, which was mostly men and I was young, right? So I would go to the schools and I felt like I had to dress a certain way to mm-hmm. be seen a certain way, like to compensate for the fact that I was so young. Yeah. So I needed to dress more professionally mature. and yeah. mature. Yeah. And that was, no one ever told me to do that. That was a choice I made for myself and it made me feel good. Like it kind of empowered mm-hmm. me and gave me confidence in those situations. So I think that's sort of where that started. And then it was similar when I start, took this job that I have now at the library because I had been a shelver. So I felt very clearly yeah. that I needed to ch- show people that I wasn't a shelver anymore. The shelvers were casual dressers mm-hmm. and like they're allowed to wear jeans. And they always have been. Um, so I needed to clearly signal to people, I'm not doing this job anymore. I'm doing this more important, not yeah. more important, but more advanced job. So... I remember the first time, my first shift working in, in information, I wore like trousers and a blazer <laughs> and like a nice tank top shell yeah. thing, silk white, you know. Yeah, yeah. I remember someone saying, wow, you look so nice and like commented on it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, clothing has always been a confidence builder. So that's like my take on it. And that's why I say, well, I, that's why I have a hard time understanding why people dress in yeah. my opinion, sloppy, because I'm like, why wouldn't you want to give yourself that extra boost of confidence? Mm-hmm. But then I can also accept that not everybody gets confidence from that. Yeah. But to me, I just see it as like a tool to give you a little extra pep in your step. And I do think it's important to like, because going back to the thing about, you know, wanting to look approachable and stuff. Yeah. I actually think though that as a staff member... I need to have authority. Mm-hmm. I'm not on the same level as customer. Yeah. Because, like, I, you know, we are the worth the same value as human beings. But in the library setting, I have the authority. So that means if there's a problem or if there's a fight yeah. or something, I have the authority to take care of it and mm-hmm. to tell people that's not appropriate, whatever. Yeah. So I think for me, the clothing just acts as an extra layer and it signals to people that I mean business. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's, like, just you know, residual from when I was so young. Like, yeah. now that I'm more experienced, if I don't, maybe I don't need that. But it's just, like, part of my style, and I mm-hmm. like it, and it makes me feel good. So I, that's how I dress. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, I similarly dress. I wear a lot of dresses and skirts to work, uh, just because that's what I feel most comfortable. And, mm-hmm. like, that's what, like, that's what I like. That's what I enjoy. Yeah. Now, the one thing I wanted to hop on before we get off the clothing appearance slash appearance topic is do you think a uniform would fix a problem? <laughs> I, like, hate uniforms. Yeah. I don't think the library should ever get a uniform. I, like, worked for nine months at Staples <laughs> and had to wear a polo. The red polo? The red polo with, like, a black pant or bottom. Yeah. Um, I will say that I wouldn't want to work uh, in a library that has a uniform. I know there are libraries that do... That's sad. ...require their staff members to, like, wear, like, a branded T-shirt or, like... Yeah. ...something like that. I think a name tag is enough. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that, like... It's just, like, because a library occupies this, like, different space where it's, like, we're not a business because we're not selling things. Yeah. But we are in the sense that, like... There's customers and there we is provide customers customer and we service. provide a service. Yeah. Um, so... I I really feel like with the uniform thing, yes, it would solve the problem of people being too casual, but it would take away all the individuality. Exactly. And, like, if you look at people who work in libraries, typically (laughs) they have got a flair. 
for like fashion. They are non-conforming people. <laughs> yeah. Like, whether or not you like what they wear, people have style. Yes. At least that's been my experience. Not everybody, but there's always a few. Yes. That you're like, that person has such a distinct style, and they're very much themselves. And I would hate to see that go. Yeah. So, I think, all that being said, I think there's certain certain things that we should certainly leave in the past. Yes. Like, the idea that tattoos aren't professional, that's gone. Yeah. I don't think that has any merit anymore. No. Um, or that, like, same ladies thing must always wear... Pantyhose. Pantyhose. Oh. Gone. Gone. I think the same thing about facial hair. Yeah. Like, a lot of times, clean-shaven was more acceptable. Professional, yeah. Professional. I think that's gone. Yeah. Like, just in terms of attitudes, like, I don't think any of that stuff holds weight anymore. No. Um, and I think that's good. Like, those things that are arbitrary, and maybe, like, 20 years from now, people are like, I can't believe they were talking so much about jeans. Because <laughs> that's probably going to be one of those things that are, like, yeah. gone, right? Like, yeah. the same I way we like, dismiss tattoos. Like, the other thing that's going that's going away is the fact that, like, the idea of, like, gendered outfits. So you have, like, ladies must wear, like, a dress or a skirt. Yeah, I mean, like, that's been gone for a I long know, time. I know, but, like, <laughs> that's, like, really, really, really gone. Like, oh, yeah, 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 for sure. There's just so much to say about know, uh, clothing so <laughs> and appearancing. We might have a, we might revisit this topic. If you have thoughts on it, definitely let us know. Yeah. But it is like there's a lot of different pieces to it. So, yes. Yeah. Like I said, convince me otherwise. <laughs> I'm open to it. Yeah. All right, All right. Let's let's head into our reading break with that and then we will discuss the behavior piece of professionalism. Mm-hmm. Reading break. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, so the book that I want to talk about is The Tourist Attraction by, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can say this author's last name, Sarah Morgenthaler. I think that's right. All right, Sarah Morgenthaler. This is the first book in the Moose Springs, Alaska series. I found this by scrolling through Libby, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that looks like it will be a fun read. And one of um, the booktubers that I follow on YouTube uh, recommended this book in one of her like videos so I was like oh I'll take a read and it was really fun uh, the story is like set in Alaska obviously and it's this like a resort town okay so you have like um, like the mountain and the resorts on the mountain and then there's like the small little town that like they kind of like don't really like the tourists they think of them as like a nuisance yeah classic it's a classic story right but then the town really couldn't survive without right without the resort so you have our main character is uh graham and he owns um this little diner called the tourist trap okay and like this his whole thing is that like he meant it as like a joke and that like he's the only one that works there and he just sells like hamburgers like hot dogs and then like just like very basic diner food and like And um, it's, like, his great, uh, it's kind of, like, his the whole shtick is that, like, all of the tourists come to this diner even though he doesn't like any of the tourists yeah. and he didn't set it up for that purpose. Well, it sounds very much like, uh, what's his name from Gilmore Girls? Very much like Luke from Gilmore yeah. Girls. Like, he has this whole thing where since it's just him that's working, like, he'll get, like, halfway through the day and then he'll just, like, blow this air horn and pull the garbage can out and, like, everyone clean up their, like, <laughs> their, like, area and it's all, like, the rich, super rich people that, like, yeah. go to their resort. And they all love it because, like, they think that he's just putting on this, like, grumpy bear persona yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, so then you have the love interest, Zoe, who is this waitress who has, like, always wanted to go to Alaska, and she saved a lot of money, and, um, so her friend, who is, like, a trust fund, 
baby. Baby. Um, who, like, visits town, like, all the time and is, like, really familiar with everyone, invites her to come along with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's saved enough money, so she comes. Her name is Zoe. And then they meet in the diner, and it's just kind of, like... Sparks fly. Of and course. Like, of course. And it's just, the town was really fun. I think that's what I like about this. And, like, all the, the characters were, like, well-developed. And, like, the, the romance was sweet. And it was just, like, a a good time. And, like, I don't know. It's If you're looking for, like, a fun, like, a vacation-y, like, romance. Yeah. Even though this was set in Alaska in the winter. So it was a little, like... Whatever. Sometimes whatever. you want that. It's a hot summer day. Yeah. So it's good, and it's, I'm excited to read the rest of the series. I think the second book came out recently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, do recommend The Tourist Attraction by Sarah and Margaret Thaler. Huh. Jenna, what have you read? Um, well, let me begin by giving a brief update on The Watchmaker of Filigree Street. Okay. We talked about it in the last episode. I was reading it, and I was quite keen in the beginning. Yeah. And I did enjoy it, but I feel like there was a few, like... I don't know, like, parts of the plot I liked, but then there was other parts where I felt like they either skipped over stuff or they spent too much time on aspects I didn't really care about as much. So I think I enjoyed it, but I think I, I didn't quite enjoy it as much as I thought it was going to. I think if I wouldn't have had any, like, expectations or if I wouldn't have set myself up to be like, this is going to be so good, mm-hmm. I would have been okay. But there was just certain parts of the plot that, like, like there was... um. I think I wanted more with the female character. I wanted a little bit more about her storyline. And there was a few other things, like, um, I think it's like an opera or something that he's practicing for. I wanted more of that. There was just a few things where I was like, oh, that's not exactly how I would have made that go. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that's just the update on that, because I said I would update people on it. Yes. Still, I thought it wasn't a bad read, though. I still enjoyed it. Um, interesting. But what I'm reading right now is actually, you'll be proud of me, it's a romance book, Shana. I'm getting my beach reads on this <laughs> summer. It's called Well Met by Jen DeLuca. And basically, it's like a classic romance, but it's set at a renaissance fair. Oh, that's fun. So the main girl, Emily, I remembered her name. <laughs> Good job, Jenna. <laughs> I had hesitation for a moment. She is 25, I think, or something. And she's come to take care of her sister who just had an accident and her niece who's in high school and her niece really wants to be in this renaissance fair. But in order to be in the fair, she has to have like an adult participate with her. Mm. So then Emily participates with her as like the adult yeah, guardian, whatever. So she joins the fair and she doesn't really want to. But then, of course, she gets like more into it. Of course. And then there's like the guy there. His name is Simon. And he's like in charge of the fair and he's all like straight laced and like super intense with the historical details. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then there's, like, you find out, like, stuff happened. It's very, like, the book is kind of dumb and it's so predictable. <laughs> but it's, like, it's fine. It's enjoy. It's probably going to be, like, a three-star read. And part of me is, like, uh, I, I should move on to something that's better. Because it's, like, so predictable. Like, <laughs> I knew it was going to happen in the first, like, chapter. <laughs> like, as soon as you meet the guy, I'm like, oh, it's going to be, like, because there's, like, two options for love and trust. Okay. I'm like, well, obviously it's not going to be this guy. It's going to be this guy. <laughs> and then, like, you got a little glimpse of him, and I'm like, oh, this happened in his past. Okay. Oh, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to see how they pull it all together. But, I mean, like, it's fine. Like, um, I did a degree in medieval studies, so, like, this kind of, like, role-playing and stuff yeah. is a fun mm-hmm. little jaunt. So it's, it's you know, it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, like, 
the best romance I've ever read. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see how it goes. All right. Well, should we get back to talking about professionalism? We should. The first half of the episode, we talked about the appearance part, which mm-hmm. I think is a lot more muddy in terms of what it classifies yes, as very much professional. So. But I think the second half, we're going to talk a little bit more about the behavioral things. And I think this is a lot less muddy. Mm-hmm. And there was a few different aspects to this that we wanted to touch on. The first one, I think, is the whole idea of the work from home uh, atmosphere, maybe? That's what I want to say. Dynamic. Dynamic. Okay. Yeah. Because I feel like the work from home dynamic is like a blend of your home life and your professional life. Mm-hmm. And I've always been taught, like growing up and stuff, that when you're at work, you're 100% at work. Yes. Whereas I feel like with the work from home stuff, it's becoming more okay to have that, like, I'm sort of at work and I'm sort of at home. Yeah. Doing home stuff, like that combination of things. Mm-hmm. Like, not necessarily in my job. Like, with my experience with work from home, but in general, I think I, that seems to be kind of what it is, like, transitioning yeah. from, like, strictly at work to that blend. Mm-hmm. And, like, what do you think of that? It's tricky for me because I didn't work from home a lot. Yeah, neither did I, really. During uh, this pandemic. <sighs> and, like, I think it's kind of, like, I think it's becoming a little bit more acceptable. And, like, the same, I think it also applies to, like, using your phone at work. mm like, before that was, like... A huge no-no. No, definitely not. And I think when we were close to customers, there was a little yeah. bit more phone use. And not necessarily, like, I'm, like, on Twitter or whatever all day. Yeah. But, like, oh, I'll just, like, have my phone with me and I'll use it to look something yes. up or whatever. Or, like, I'll listen to something on my phone while I'm mm-hmm. working. And I think that's becoming more commonplace. Which is, like, a big shift in the professionalism. Yeah, very much so. Because normally it'd be, like, it's unprofessional to have your phone out. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I feel like you're right. Like, I always like to think that, like, when I'm at work, I'm at work. And I that's, how I, my perso- my that's how I personal, personally feel. Yeah. Like, I don't take my personal life with me. And, like, I don't, I don't know. It's tricky. Because, like, you're right. It's hard when you work from home to be, like fully in work mode when you're yeah. in your own space and you're like yeah yeah uh-huh. but what do you think about the phone use like is it okay to have your phone on you is it unprofessional to have your phone out at work your cell phone i don't know it's hard because like when i started at the library well i started as a shelver and it was very much like you should never have your phone with you while you're yeah working. but that your was phone... also like a different time it was very much different that was over a decade ago so I think it's a, you gotta be careful because like practically it's like, yeah, I could have my phone with me at the desk, but it's like phones are getting bigger these days and it doesn't fit nicely in a pocket or in like, so it's just like the security thing where it's like, do I just leave my phone at the information desk where like really if I'm not at the desk, is someone going to come by and just right swipe it? But what do you think about, like, if you see someone on the yeah. phone at work, how, what is your reaction? I still am a little bit like, what are you doing? Like, I would never say that to someone, but in, in my head, I'm like, what are you doing? That's so important. But on the flip side, I will say, when I work the desk, I've started to leave my phone in the drawer at the desk because I use it to show people yeah. Libby. Like, I show people how to use the download library. Because it's really hard, especially if they call and want to help yeah. over the phone, it's really hard to d- direct someone without having your device there. 
So, I, I don't know. I think it depends on how much you use your phone. That's true. If it's like, if you have it on you and you just take it out briefly, just check whatever or, I don't know, whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And then you put it away. Versus someone who, like, sits at, sits at the desk and has their phone out immediately and is scrolling through right. whatever. Right, Because I, like, used to be hardcore. Like, phones in my locker the whole time yeah. I'm at work. And I noticed I'm getting less and less hardcore where I'll, like, come back from my break and I'll have my phone and I'll just, like, take it with me to my desk. Yeah. And I'm not, like, looking at it all the time, but sometimes I'll be like, oh, someone so texted me. I'll just message yeah. them back real quick. And part of me is like, is that unprofessional? But then I'm like, everybody does think that. so. And, like, how is that different than, like, back in the day getting a personal call on yeah. your extension from work? Yeah. Like, people don't really have a big of a problem with that. No. I don't know. I think it's a little unprofessional, though, when you're on the flo- public floor. Like, I don't think you should be on your phone at, at the desk, unless you're using your phone to help a customer. But I don't think there's any excuse to be sitting at the desk yeah. when it's not busy looking at your phone. Because I think when people see that, it looks really bad. Yes. Like, it looks bad to customers. I think that, like, as soon as it... Like, like even you... if you're doing a work a work thing on your phone, I just think it looks bad to the customer. Yeah, I think as soon as it becomes a barrier between a customer coming to yeah for you to help, that's yeah. when the issue is there. Um, but I mean, we all have those days where it's like you're waiting for a call from like your doctor or from yeah. whoever, or there's a situation going on at home that like yeah you need to be in contact with someone, and like I think we all understand that, but I just think we got to be careful. You're right about. Because I think that you hit, really hit on it with professionalism is your, when does your, whenever your behavior or appearance becomes a barrier to customer service or yeah. to doing your job is when it becomes unprofessional. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it with the appearance thing, if you go too fancy or too casual, both of those yeah. aspects become unprofessional because they're becoming a barrier for the customer, right? Where they're mm-hmm. like... I either don't respect you or I'm intimidated by you. Yeah. And I think it's the same with the cell phone thing, right? Where it's like, you look lazy when you're at the desk scrolling, you know? Yeah. Or you look like that. You don't care. Yeah. Or it could just be like, because I always like feel bad when a customer's like, oh, I'm sorry to interrupt when I'm not like. Exactly. And I'm like, you're not. It's literally my job to help you. You're not interrupting anything. Exactly. So, yeah, that's, the cell phone thing is, is tricky. But I've noticed that, like, everybody is easing up on that lately. Yes. Like, even the managers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that sets the tone of, like, everyone is sort of easing up on it. Yeah. But I do think it's something to be vigilant about. And, like, to think about, okay, to be mindful how does it. this look mm-hmm. to other people? Like, what kind of appearance are we putting on? Because I always think when I'm working and I have my name tag on, I'm representing the library. Yeah. I remember when I first got hired, I was in an orientation as a shelver. And I think it was, like, the deputy CEO at the time. She was in there. I don't know why she was in the orientation, <laughs> but she was. And she was saying that whenever you have your name tag on, you represent the library. So if you go out for lunch and you still have your name tag on, you better make sure you're nice to that waitress or server mm-hmm. or whoever's helping you. Because you represent the library when you have that name tag on. Or take your name tag off and you can be rude. <laughs> and that's always stuck with me. Yeah. And I always think that. When I have my name tag on, I'm representing the library as an institution, which is something that I'm proud of and I'm proud to work for. So I want to behave accordingly. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I think we've all heard the horror stories when, like, 
somebody like important from like yeah. quote unquote important from the city or on the board or whatever yeah. that comes in and sees people on their phones or whatever at the desk and then goes off and tells the CEO. Yeah. And then everyone gets a talking to. And yeah. like that's what you want to avoid. Like you don't want people thinking, oh, the people at the library are like don't care about us and they just want to be on their phones. They don't really care about their job. We never want that. Mm-mm. So, yeah. I don't know. The other piece to the behavior <laughs> that I want to talk about is punctuality. Oh, yes. <laughs> because is punctuality important to professionalism? Traditionally, I think the answer is obviously yes. Yeah. However, I have a theory that I don't think it really matters if you're five minutes late. No. Let me... Okay, I'm not I'm not justifying. We're not late. advocating. Exactly. We're not advocating for being late. And I think if you're someone's expecting you to be on time, to be on the desk, or for yeah. a meeting or whatever, you have an obligation to be there, and you need to be there. Mm-hmm. But I think if it's just, like, working at your desk, or cataloging, or whatever you're doing at your desk, I think we should leave the whole, like, have to be there earlier, have to be there yeah. right on the dot. Because it's like the... Traditionally, it's been like, oh, it's always looks good to show up 15 minutes early to your okay, shift. Okay, I'm never showing up 15 minutes early. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, but I think we should leave the strict punctuality in the past. And maybe that's, maybe that <laughs> is an inflammatory thing to say. But I just think it's like, okay, so if I come five minutes late, I'll just work five minutes late. Mm-hmm. Or I and won't I know, take a, or like take a 10 minute break instead of 15 minute break. Exactly. That's how I feel about it when you're not expected to be on a desk or a meeting. Like, when no one's expecting you to be there right away. And I think, like, that it would be cool if the workplace culture would shift to reflect that. And yeah. I don't know what's ever going to happen. And, like, since that's not where we're at, that's not what I do. Like, I'd be, I'm on time for work. Yeah. But I, I think, would love to see it get there. I think for me, okay, so I remember struggling with this as a shelver. As a shelver being paid just slightly above minimum wage. Yeah. It always, like, I, like, I had, okay. This is my little tangent story time. Uh-huh. I had a coworker who we were at the same level. We were both shelfers. And she used to give me so much crap for showing up, like, right at nine. I don't understand, because that's on time. And it was just like, and I would be like. Especially for a shelfer. I would be, like, on, like, working at, like, 901 and 902. Yeah. And she was like, you know, you should really be getting her earlier. Because she regularly showed up 20 minutes before her shift started. Like, to me, I'm like, I work hard when I'm at work. And I respect the job. Yes. But, like, no offense, you're not paying me to work Well, that's the thing. 8.45 like, to 5.10. I was like, I am getting paid just above minimum wage, and I get paid at 9 o'clock. Yeah. I, like, the one thing I will say, though, about, like, what you were saying about, you know, five minutes doesn't matter. I It matters when you're on the desk. When people are chronically late. Okay. And what do you think? Is that unacceptable? A little bit. I do think I, at this point in our workplace culture, it is unacceptable to be late. However, what I'm saying is I want it to be where it is acceptable <laughs> to be five minutes late as long as it's not affecting anybody else. That's the thing. I think if you are relieving someone on a desk or, like, you're opening at the library. Obviously, if you're opening the library, you better be on time. <laughs> but it's just, like, are those, like, little things. Like, if someone is waiting for you to show up to leave yeah, that's or rude. to, like... That's rude. I agree. It is rude to show up five minutes, ten minutes late. Yeah. Like, I agree. Like, you do not need... I don't think you need to show up 15 minutes before you shift anymore. I don't think that anyone would be like, that's more professional. I just feel like as long as you're, like, maybe five minutes early or, like... Yeah. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. But I don't know. 
That is just my, like, my wish for the future. I actually had a conversation with one of my coworkers about this. And, um, and it was before, like, the libraries were open for customers to come into. And we were just doing operating on a curbside thing. And a lot of people were showing up, like, your shift started at 11 and people were showing up at, like, 10.58 and then just... Starting. Just going onto it. Or even at 11 and then being, like, a minute or two late. And it yeah. wasn't that big of a deal. And they were commenting that it was nice that it wasn't, like... Because before, I guess, in certain departments, it would be like, oh, you're two minutes late and you're getting a call or you're getting, like, a message from... Oh, really? That was kind of, like, the vibe. Oh, I've never it was had like, that I've never had worked in a workplace where it's not strict. Whereas, like, I don't know if it were, you were getting a call, but it was definitely, like, you would show up a couple minutes late. They'd be on you right away. And they would be on you, like... Which, I mean, I guess it's their prerogative because yeah. you were supposed to be there on time. I just think it works better for everybody. But then I, I can see the flip side where it's like people will take advantage of it and be like 10 minutes and 20 minutes late. Yes. And that's not right. No. But. I feel like five minutes late is acceptable. Also, my other dream for the future involved with this topic is that I would just have like a list of things to do and as soon as they were done, I could go home. Yeah. Wouldn't that be so nice? I mean, you can't do that when you work at the desk. But, like, with my non-desk duties, I would love it if it was just, like, okay, this is your goal for the day. As soon as you complete it, to the best of your abilities, you can go home. And, like, I can see there'd be issues with that, too. <laughs> but I'm just saying, we're talking about dreams here. <laughs> Let me be five minutes late. I'll stay five minutes late. Let me leave. Well, I guess I wouldn't stay five minutes late if I'm just doing my tasks. But I'd finish them before the end of the day. <laughs> my dream, if we're talking about dreams for the future, is to sure. have... Um, to be able to design my own work schedule. So, like, but what's... Like, this is what I mean. So you don't right, want to work one to nine, is what you're saying. No, no, no. I, I understand that, like, I can't just be like, I only want to work, like, day shifts. Yeah. But I would want to, like, have complete control of my schedule where I could be like, I want to work two nine to five days back to back and two one to nine okay, yeah. shifts back to back. And I think that that is the future of, like, the whole work from home flex time situation. Yeah. Okay. Just to pull us back. <laughs> Let's get back to the, to the professionalism topic to end the podcast. Is professionalism dead? That is the question that started this all. What do you think? I don't think it's dead, but I think it's on, it's like gasping for its last breath. Yeah. And I agree with that. And I think we got to be careful. Yes. I think we're getting lax. It's just my opinion, and I am someone who, like, tradition yeah. and doing symbolic things, uh, our symbolic rituals is important to me. I think they have value in establishing identity, and identity is an organization, mm-hmm. and that, so that's how I feel. Like, that's the, where I'm coming from, and I think if we get to, like, whatever, we can do whatever, I think things start to fall apart. That's just my opinion. I think if we get too casual and if we get too, basically just too casual across the board, appearance, behavior, like no matter how much I'd love to be five minutes late and not have any penalties all the time, I see there's danger. Yeah. Because then it's just a free for all. Yeah. I think there needs to be some standards. Yeah. There definitely needs to be some standards. And it's like, I think people also need to remember that like, we are king for a business. Right? Like, the library is it's a business. It's not, like, your personal uh, yeah. whatever. It's not... Yeah, exactly. It's just... And there is a certain element of, like, professionalism that needs to be there. Yeah. And I think it's, like, worth it to discuss, okay, what do we value as professionalism? Yes. Once in a while. Because then we can get rid of some of those ideas that are more 
um, arbitrary, you know, like Mm -hmm. the tattoo thing and the facial hair thing. And then we can really settle into the ideas of like, you know, working hard. Mm -hmm. Working hard, really, I think is the core. And like um, treating customers well, you know what I mean? Those things, like not doing things that create barriers for customer service. Uh So I feel like we kind of explored this issue. We haven't really answered the question, <laughs> but that's not really what we do on the show. No, it's not. We just sort of present something, a problem, an issue to think about. Yes. And I hope that it got you thinking today and that you might think a little bit more purposely about how you present yourself mm-hmm. at work this week. I hope you enjoyed that. <laughs> we do want to say that we are in summer, as we've mentioned, so our posting schedule is going to be like summer schedule. <laughs> So it's probably not going to be bi-weekly. We've been a little off this season. Yeah, we have. I think, honestly, I really just feel like it's coming out of COVID blues. It's not blues, but just like a slog, the post-COVID slog. I've really been feeling that this year. So that being said, we're in the summer. Posting is going to be iffy, but we're going to still be here when we're able to put out an episode. And I hope that you guys enjoy what we end up doing. Mm Mm-hmm. And if we don't post anything else for the rest of summer, you'll know why. <laughs> We're hopefully not going to fall down that rabbit hole, but we'll see. No. Anyways, that being said, we'd love to hear your thoughts on what is professional. What do you think? Lots of different takes on this one. Mm-hmm. You can reach out to us on Twitter, at LibraryLifePod, on Instagram, at LibraryLifePod, or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at LibraryLifePodcast at gmail.com. Use the hashtag LibraryLifePod, and I'll maybe look at it if I remember (laughs) and respond or like it or something. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) This concludes episode 45 of Library Life. May the good books be long and the bad books be short. Until next time.